What's up, y'all? It's P. Dangerous that can give us another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Uh, I'm kind of fucking late on this, for real. Depending on which way you look at it, I am late on this, but... I just want to talk... Before I even get into anything, I want to talk to Stephen A. Smith. Mr. Smith... I understand that you hop on hype trains faster than anybody could. And Anthony could be a little to well-known player. You're raving ranting about him. Or players you have a love affair with, like Aaron Rodgers. You'll downplay any of his flaws. You'll make excuses for them. Like, pretty much, you'll suck up to them to the sickening degree. However, if you don't like somebody, you'll go off on them like you did Kwame Brown. Or how you did KD. Or even Tim Tebow or Jay Cutler. You'll go completely in and leave no stone unturned when it comes to these guys. So, my question to you is, what makes Donovan Mitchell so damn special that you had to say some crazy, outlandish shit saying that he was the best jazz player of all time? Like, I think you're mistaking pure talent and skill for in the playoffs at that. And you're literally, like, when you said that shit, you're literally dismissing everybody that came before him that ever played for the Jazz. The last good player that I can remotely recall being on the Jazz, like, superstar level, would be, like, Andre Karolinko. Or maybe Darren Williams. Like, he was a little bit underrated, so to speak, but he had led the AC to Jazz to the playoffs against the Lakers in, wait, 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 20, 2009, okay. But you're also talking about the fact that he's literally stepping in the footprints of a John Stockton or a Carl Malone. Like, those two are Hall of Famers right there, and that is never that can never be disputed. So for you to pretty much dismiss them for him and say that he's the greatest jazz player of all time is a little bit baffling to me. And even further back, even if you want to go further back, hell, Pete Maravich even played for the Jazz at one point when they were in New Orleans. So does that make Donovan Mitchell better than Pete Maravich? Like, you really have to put everything in perspective when he talks about the best jazz player ever. You can't just say, oh, well, Malone is statue, because that's only literally one part of the damn puzzle. If you're talking about every jazz player that ever played for them, like, dur- <clears throat> my bad, during different eras, you have to take everybody else that came before him and after him into accountability. Like, you're not just talking about Carl Malone and John Stockton, because obviously, those two guys are the greatest players that ever played the game. Well, two of the best players that ever played the game. And their influence is still felt in Utah today. So, you'll have to take them into accountability. You'll have to talk about Pete Maravich playing for them. You'll have to talk about, um, damn, like those are really the only players that I can think of on the Jazz that really had success outside of the team. Like, whenever you said the Utah Jazz, you would automatically think of these players. And AK-47 is definitely a slept on. Like, he was one of those players that I actually liked. You know, he could shoot his ass off. He was a tough player. Like, pretty much he had all the makings to be a superstar for real. And don't quote me on this, but I think that he didn't last longer in the league because of injuries and stuff like that. 
But yeah. Stephen A. Smith, like, I want that good shit that you smoking because you clearly been huffing on something for, to say some bullshit like that. Like, Donovan Mitchell, I won't take anything away from him as a player. He's a damn good player, and he definitely has more room to grow. But do not dismiss or disrespect the players that obviously set the standard for the Jazz franchise as a whole. So, you're pretty much spitting in the face of John Stockton and Carl Malone. And we all know that John Stockton is the point god of point gods, okay? Especially in the assist game. Like, that man was probably one of the most unselfish players to ever play the game. And Carl Malone, as a person, he's a dickhead. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it and look at the fuck up. Like, Carl Malone is definitely a fucking douchey, a, one of the most douchiest dudes you could ever fucking meet. But at the same time, as a basketball player, you can't deny the skill, like... He was a power forward's power forward, okay? So, just put that into accountability next time you say that somebody is the greatest, ex- greatest, ah, greatest, etc. of all time. Like, insert team here. And I also wanted to touch on the playoffs, of course. The impossible has happened. The Los Angeles Rent Pairs, a.k.a. Clippers, are actually going to their very first Western Conference Final against the Phoenix Suns. And I know that my boy Mike is going to ask me about this when, we, when we're on the air on, on Tuesday. He'll ask me, what are my thoughts on it? Honestly, I don't have any thoughts. I will tell you again and again. I'm over... Ah, damn. Ugh, keep twisting up my damn words. My bad, y'all. He keeps saying, people keep saying that if the Clippers do something, it takes something away from the Lakers. First of all, I'm perfectly aware that the Lakers got eliminated in the first damn round. Got sunburnt and sent to a crisp. So, that's one thing that nobody has to remind me about. Because I can perfectly stand in my elimination ass team and keep it the fuck moving. However, when people think that something that the Clippers will do will take something away from the Lakers... First of all, I don't give a fuck if they win the chip or not. It takes nothing away from the Lakers at all. And I could really give a fuck about the Clippers, for real, for real. Especially now the Kawhi is out. Granted, playoff P, oh, I'm sorry, pandemic P, he balled out, played exceptionally well. And he scored a lot. And he pretty much carried, he pretty much filled the shoes that Kawhi would have had to fill if he was playing. So they did what they had to do to win it. Phoenix. The game is tonight. I literally want the same damn energy you gave the Lakers. Burn their asses to the point where they know they're not going to win shit. Because what the Phoenix Suns have done, which I've said in the previous show, they exploit the team in question. They play against this weakness. They'll play against their weaknesses. They'll exploit it, cut you down the middle, and they'll make it seem like you're pretty much dead in the water. Like... Pretty much what the Phoenix Suns have done for the past couple of years up until now, they've drafted the correct pieces, developed a solid team around these players, and they put they sprinkle some vets in there. So pretty much you have a winning caliber team on your hands right now. So only thing I ask from you guys is to choke the Clippers out. Choke them out, give them the same thing you gave the Lakers, give, give them a 30-point loss, hell, a 40-point loss for real. Because we are talking about a team that did lose by 53 points this season. 
So, like I said, whatever the Clippers do, I don't really give a fuck about because obviously it ain't my team. And I actually seen that one of my boys had posted something to the effect of he seen it on Twitter. The post said, if you're a Laker fan, you should be cheering for the Clippers too because obviously it's an, they're one and the same. Like, they're in the same city. Same city, different teams, different culture, different franchises. No. I'm sorry. Like, this is the, literally the third accomplishment that the Clippers have... I've, ah, fuck. This is the third big accomplishment that the Clippers have had outside the two dunk contest wins. From Blake Griffin and from Brent Berry. So, as far as I'm concerned, regardless of what they do or don't do, they will always, always, always be the San Diego Clippers. Phoenix, you got one job. If you want to go to the finals and shine on the big stage, you got to dust these Clippers off your shoulders, sunburn them, and leave them out to dry on the Pacific. But yeah, I had to do another show because I know... Y'all looking like, okay, the Lakers are out. Where's the shows at? Well, the shows are definitely here. I've just been fucking busy trying to pay attention to the playoffs and shit like that. Did I even touch on the East? Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on. Shit. I'm too busy talking about the Clippers. And about the um. Actually, the, ter- the series is tied 3-3 three to three with Atlanta and Philadelphia. And they definitely play tonight. And I said the Clippers play tonight, but they don't. Bruh. (sighs) Please forgive me. What I'm going to need Philadelphia to do is to get... (laughs) Well, obviously you're going to have Joel Embiid being involved in the game. And Ben Simmons, you got to step up, bruh. This is game seven. Like all the process talk, all of this and that. The hype around the Philadelphia 76ers young players, all of that talk will culminate into this game. What are you going to do? You got a a very, very young and very hungry Trey Young on your hands. You don't want him to shut you down like he did the Knicks, okay? So what I'm going to need for y'all to do, Philadelphia, is to tie everything together. Everything that we've heard about the process. Everything that we've seen about the process. Y'all need to bring all of that together. And play like this is your last game ever. Atlanta. Obviously you're going to have Trey Young with you. And that boy is a Kobe disciple. He can play his ass off. And he will cut your hearts out when it fucking matters. So. The biggest thing is trying to control contain Trey Young, but if Trey Young starts being early, rude surprise. Okay, that was it. Uh... Oh, shit. And the biggest shocker, the biggest shocker was the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets, and they are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, one of the biggest things that I heard this season, as soon as James Harden was traded to the net, traded to the Nets, was that Brooklyn was gonna win it all. And people told Laker fans to be scared and terrified. First of all, I kept telling y'all, 
from the minute this team was really formed and put together that they gave me shades of the 2004 Lakers who got to the finals and lost to the Detroit Pistons four games to one. However, this Brooklyn Nets team that y'all told me was going to win it all, didn't he? What does that tell you? Expectations are high. You got a super team on your hands. But then when you fall short, and but then don't even make the finals in that? Like, that says a lot about you. Like, bruh. Giannis, he scored 40 points. Drew Holiday, 13 points. P.J. Tucker, 11 points. Chris Middleton, 23 points. Brooke Lopez, 19 points. And on the Brooklyn side, KD had 48 points. Blake Griffin had 17 points. James Harden pitched in on a messed up hamstring on 53 minutes and 22 points. Brown, 14 points. Harris, 10 points. But obviously, you've seen who wanted it more. Milwaukee came into this game knowing what was at stake. And people have slept on the Bucks for years, even in Giannis' MVP season. So, knowing that they had to win or go home, they came up big. They came up big. And now they're going to the N NBA conference Eastern Conference Finals. And this is probably the, one of the biggest shockers of the season. Like, fuck the Lakers getting eliminated. People saw that coming because AD wasn't there. But Brooklyn, to lose against a Milwaukee Bucks team that they didn't expect, they expected them to lose, to win against, like, this is big news. And I know I'm going to cover this a lot on, on the Michael Michael Energy Radio. That shit is going to be absolutely insane, man. And I can't wait to watch First Take on Monday because I want to hear what they got to say about this because it's shocking to some, but I've seen it coming. I've seen this coming. Like, the team, like, this team has talent. You got superstars on the team who can score anytime they want to. But with James Harden being hampered the way that he was, knowing he couldn't go full-on James Harden mode, that set them back. Kyrie being injured set them back, of course. And this whole season for Brooklyn was just disappointing, to say the very fucking least. And Milwaukee, I'm definitely proud of you guys. Like, I prayed that Giannis would show up, and he definitely did. The team performed around him. They contributed. And that, that got them their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's what's up. That's what's up. Oof. Yeah, I've been rambling on and on because I did um, puff puff pass before the show, so that's why I'm rambling. Again and again, love and your support for the show. Please keep supporting Dangerous Sports Talk. Like, listen, share, do what y'all do. I'm going to leave it right here. You guys have a good day.